We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Burgundy and Gold today. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham, riding with you till 3 o'clock. Before we dish the rock to the Prince of Passion, the Hoffman Show, uh, coming up next. In about 15 minutes or so, Doug Farrar, uh, NFL writer for USA Today's Touchdown Wire, is set to join the show. Uh, he had some very lengthy, detailed thoughts about what kit, what, what, what we could expect Excuse me, here in D.C. Uh, with this Eric bieniemy led offense. We let you hear from Arif Hassan of the Pro Football Network earlier. He had some really interesting things to say. Uh, about Sam Howell and his potential fit in this offense. But before we have Doug Farrar on in about 12 minutes, I want to look at the article that he wrote. Uh, it was dropped on February 18th. I just retweeted it out on my Twitter. Uh, if you follow me there, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Uh, some really candid thoughts uh, from Doug Farrar and what we can expect to see uh, out of this Washington offense with him. He started... In, in an area that I think a lot of people are not taking enough heed to when it comes to Eric Bieniemy and his impact on that room when he gets there. I know we all are thinking about Sam Howell. We're thinking about the wide receivers. We're thinking about the tight ends. But with Doug Farrar list here, and I completely agree, one of the beneficiaries of Eric Bieniemy coming here to Washington is a more diverse and effective rushing attack. Right, Eric Bieniemy's been a running back in this league. He's been a running backs coach in this league for a long time. He's worked with some of the greats like Adrian Peterson. He just completely understands the position. So when Eric Bieniemy takes this job here in Washington and he's looking on the depth chart of guys that are going to be under contract next year, I'm sure he looks at Brian Robinson and goes, mm, that looks good. Antonio Gibson, mm, that sounds good too. Think about the stable of backs that Washington has here. There's an argument to be made that this is the most talented group of backs that Eric Bannaby's worked with since, what, Adrian Peterson back in the day with the Vikings? I mean, this running backs room here in D.C. ain't no joke. We saw Brian Robinson and the impact he was able to have after coming back after being shot. We tried to write off Antonio Gibson in the preseason after the fumble against Carolina, but guess what? Haters was right, and he ain't right back. Antonio Gibson goes out and has a stellar season last year. So when you think about the impact that Eric Bieniemy can have on those two, it's extremely interesting, man. Think about the Kansas City Chiefs offense in the past couple of years. It's always been a multi-back system, right? We've seen 
Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon this year. Uh, in previous years, we saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Who was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running with? Was he with the back foot? Was it McKinnon as well? I believe he was. I believe he was playing with McKinnon as well. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire started the season, and then yeah. McKinnon took over maybe around like week ten. And McKinnon ends up taking over. So Eric Bieniemy's not. He's used to working with multiple backs that are that have multiple different skill sets that all in all are very talented, right? The thing that, from an X's and O's standpoint, where I'm looking to see the difference here in D.C., Doug Farrar put out this great stat, and I, I was shocked by it. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers led the NFL uh, with, motions, with, with motion on running attempts, right? The commanders were second in the NFL with motion on running attempts. Washington has got to get better in that department. Their EPA per attempt in that department was in the negatives. The Kansas City Chiefs, top four. So if Eric Bieniemy can create more of a sense of urgency and purpose for using motion, I think it has a super positive impact on Washington's rushing attack. And I talked about this last year. Uh, we were doing Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live, uh, the in-game show that we did last year during the commander season, myself, Logan Paulson, uh, and Denton Day, one thing that was a constant talking point with us, and I brought it up to the guys, I said, man, doesn't it feel like when Washington's guys go in motion, they're just doing it for fun? <laughs> when Washington's guys go into motion, they would jog and half-step and act like they was the coolest kid on the playground. I don't need that when you're in motion. I need you flying balls to the wall to try to get to your spot. And I think the reason we didn't see that is because Scott Turner, one of his flaws, and you heard this from the guys when talking to him, the attention to details just wasn't there all the time with Scott Turner in that offense last year. Eric Bieniemy, you, you heard the clip that we just played him and Adrian Peterson. He is going to make sure the details are hammered out every single time. And if you think about it, Maybe that's what LaShawn McCoy was complaining about. He was getting coached too hard. He's a sissy. That's what he is. But look, I love that, right? And and sometimes when you talk about these professional athletes and how you talk to them, that's a big reason why some folks think, you know, maybe Nick Saban wouldn't work in the National Football League because he's too hard on his guys. Man, play college, play high school. That's the type of coach you want. You want the coach that's going to be on you and make sure you're paying attention to the details. That makes you better. That only makes you better. He's not doing it because he don't like you. Hell, I was always told this. My coach in high school would say this. The moment the moment I stop coaching you hard and the moment I'm not on your ass, that's how you know I don't care about you no more. That's how I know I'm, I've given up on you. You want that type of coach. So to hear LaShawn McCoy speak like that, man, was was definitely disheartening. But it goes back to my bigger point. The emphasis on details with Eric Bieniemy here in D.C. in combination with the talent that Washington has offensively, when you get the details ironed out, boy, is this group going to be tough to stop. Because think about it. I can, I can list you a couple of plays last year where Washington just simply wasn't paying enough attention to the details. I know everyone's going to complain about it. And say it was hogwash. But the penalty against Terry McLaurin against the New York Giants. It's in the details, y'all. 
You think Eric Bieniemy is going to let him be lined up improperly? No. You think that's something that they work on a lot in practice in Kansas City? Yes. That's one situation where the details just weren't ironed out. You can go back to the Tennessee Titans game and the red zone sequence. When Carson Wentz ends up throwing a pick, the spacing on the two plays before the pick were terrible, horrible. That's something that comes from up top. That's something that's a direct reflection of coaching. So one of the big things I'm looking forward to is the details. The details is what's going to matter uh, when Eric Bieniemy gets here to D.C. Something else that Doug Farrar wrote, using the gadget guys to their full potential. Uh, he's got pictured here, Jerick McKinnon and Kadarius Tony. To call them gadget guys is kind of sounds like a slight to them, but I get it, right? Guys who can play multiple different positions and still have an impact on the outcome of the football game. We talked about it last segment about who stands to benefit the most. I look at Washington's gadget guys, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, John Dotson. The ability to get those guys to football is going to be huge, right? That's the thing that I am most looking forward to with this Eric bieniemy led offense. Because the one thing we know, he is going to get the best players the ball every single time. Every single time time. That's what you can expect from an Eric Bieniemy led offense. You're not going to go 10 minutes into the second half without Terry McLaurin having a reception. He's going to make sure everybody's used to their maximum potential and capability. Some of the beneficiaries of that, we already went through it. I think Gibson will benefit. Curtis Samuel will benefit. McLaurin will benefit. The other thing that we don't talk about enough when it comes to Eric Bieniemy and why I'm excited uh that he's coming here to D.C., their ability in Kansas City, their ability in Kansas City to throw the ball out of different formations. And bear with me here. I know some of my non-football junkies are like, huh, this is boring. But no, think about some of the things that held Washington back last year. We talked about this with, with Logan Paulson a ton on Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live. Scott Turner and the offense that they ran, it's almost like they were running two different offenses at times. They had a running offense, and they had a passing offense. The ability to marry up your running game with your play-action passing game and your drop-back passing game is paramount. That's what sets the good teams apart, right? That's what sets the good offenses and the good coordinators apart. The ability to make five plays look exactly the same. And I think that's a big thing that Eric Bieniemy is going to bring here as well. I ultimately do think, though, getting the most out of Sam Howell is the most important thing. But to me, man, it starts in the offseason and their ability to address the offensive line via free agency uh, and via the draft capital as well. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll talk to the author of the article we've just been going through, Doug Farrar, national NFL writer for USA Today's Touchdown Wire, is set to join us next with the latest on Eric Bieniemy to D.C. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you till 3 o'clock here on this Wednesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. We'll bring on Doug Farrar, NFL editor uh, for USA Today's Touchdown Wire here in a second. Want to reset things here uh, and give you all some other NFL news that we got here in the past couple of moments. They're going purging out in Tennessee. The Titans have uh, officially released their former all-pro left tackle, Taylor Lewan. Uh, they have also, I don't know if he was all-pro. I know he was a pro bowler. Uh, Taylor Lewan, though, uh, also the co-host of Bussin' with the Boys, uh, one of the most esteemed podcasts on the net right now. He's been released, though, uh, for the Tennessee Titans. It didn't stop there. Veteran wide receiver Robert Woods getting the boot as well. He just tweeted uh, a couple of moments ago, I'm free. So, obviously, uh, Robert Woods, a big fan of the move. The Titans have an interesting offseason ahead of them, man. Uh, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have any more guaranteed money on that contract. So, it'll be interesting to see if they move on from Tannehill as well, man. But Taylor Lewan and Robert Woods out. Uh, in Tennessee, who's in with us now is our man Doug Farrar uh, of the USA Today's Touchdown Wire. You can give him a follow on Twitter at NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Dougie Fresh, what's going on, my man? Long time no speak. Hey, man, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Was doing even better once uh, Friday, Saturday rolled around, man. The slam dunk move of the offseason for the Burgundy and Gold, bringing in former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Uh, we were talking about your piece that you wrote. Uh, back on the 18th and going through that. If you can, in a quick nutshell, my man, what does the hire uh, bring here to Washington? Well, it's, I mean, it's shameful that he has to go somewhere else to prove that he's more than Andy Reid's puppet when yeah. uh, Doug Peterson, you know, pardon the expression, Matt Nagy got head coaching opportunities. Right. But I think we all know what that's all about. Um, I think what it does for the commanders and I wrote, I put this in my piece, they had the second most run, rushing attempts with pre-snap motion last year, mm. and they were really bad with it. It was very it was, it was very simplistic motion. It didn't really change the run strength. It didn't do anything to the defense. And then uh, Brian Robinson would, you know, do a great job of breaking all the tackles. Yeah. I am especially intrigued to see how he, as the feature back, benefits from – uh, just a more diverse run game that can really put defenses on its heels. Because you don't think of the Chiefs as a run team, right. but in the second half of the season through the Super Bowl, Isaiah Pacheco was a top seven back in just about every category. And if you watch what they did to the Eagles defense, and the Eagles moved away from their five-man fronts in the Super Bowl, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, maybe... Arizona <laughs> will have issues with Jonathan Gannon with that. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that's one set of it. And then if you look at what the Chiefs did, and, you know, I, it's hard to know, like, where to separate Reed and the enemy. I know the enemy takes care of the run game. Right. But the enemy's got a lot of experience in that offense taking gadget guys and really – 
buffing them up to their full potential. Jarek McKinnon, mm-hmm. who set some records for uh, touchdown receptions for a running back. Kadarius Tony, they got in a, in a low ball trade. I mean, you know him because he's the Giants, didn't do anything there. Yeah. And he turned into a real force multiplier. Um, and then you look at Antonio Gibson, who I think has some of those same McKinnon kind of characteristics. Uh, you bring in Curtis Samuel, uh, Jahan Dotson. I mean, as they wrote, he has to have the enemy has to have like a cake eating grin on his face when he <laughs> gets a close, like a, a look at the potential for what they can do and how they can just you know spread defenses out with all these explosive explosive pieces in, in his offense. Not to malign Scott Turner, but I think. Oh, go ahead. There, uh, we don't. We don't mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> Scott Turner's a smart guy, but I, I don't yeah. necessarily think that the offensive pieces were used to their full potential. Correct. I think with, with the enemy, there's a better chance of that happening. And, uh, you know, obviously the commanders had said, yes, Sam Howell's our guy. They're going to lean on the enemy's take on that. But, yeah. you know, Howell had one start. He had a really good preseason. I thought, and we may have discussed this before, I thought mm-hmm. he was QB one or two in that class. He just he lost his two best receivers and his two best running backs his last season at North Carolina. And they basically turned him into a running back. He ran for over 800 yards in his final collegiate season. So if and, – and Sam Howell needs some development. But if they want to do kind of a Jalen Hurts-like thing, yeah. I think Howell can pull that off. So there's a lot to like about this hire. And, again, it's, it's shameful at this point that the enemy has to take this essentially lateral move just to prove that he's worthy of being a head coach. We should be past that, but we're not, and we all know why, so we can just move on from that. But in the interim, um, I I think it'll be good for the commander's offense, and I think it'll be bad for the NFL, which will just simply run on excuses for not making the guy a head coach. Yeah. I mean, you did an excellent job laying out a lot right there. I want to go back to Sam Howell for a second and his fit uh, in this offense. Uh what we saw him have success with last year in the Week 18 start against Dallas, Doug, and I'm sure you've gone back and grinded mm-hmm. that tape. You saw how quickly he was getting the football out of his hands on a consistent basis. That, to me, plays into the strengths of this receiving core because, like you mentioned, Scott Turner, to me, just didn't do a good enough job getting the best players the ball on a consistent basis. When you look at a Jahan Dotson and a Samuel and a Dotson, those are, not to sound biased here, three of the best run-after-the-catch receivers in all of football right now. I know well, we're, it's, you know, it's not biased, it shows up. Right. So, and, and I know a lot of folks here locally are kind of worried about Sam Howell and his maturation process, but I think the fact that he's already got a, a, a really good skill set to work with, I think, will make the job a hell of a lot easier for the enemy when it comes to scheming something up for him. Well, if you, I mean, with Carson Wentz, you knew that was a roller coaster ride where any moment the entire carriage could go right off the tracks. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor Heineke is a good, you know, plus backup or spot starter, but we know what he is and what he isn't. Um, I'm not saying Howell's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL in two years, but I think there's a lot to work with. Um, And over the last two years, the Chiefs has been among the leaders. We we think of Mahomes as a deep ball thrower. Not really. He can, of course. Of course he can. He's He's got the best, like, as far as the combination of velocity and just scary alien accuracy, he's got the best arm in the NFL. Um, Howell isn't necessarily that guy, but the Chiefs get the ball out quick a lot. 
Yeah. And that's because of the same thing. They have yak guys. You can just, you know, take a screen to the house if you miss one tackle. So I think that benefits Howell. I think it benefits an offensive line that is somewhat in transition, as Kansas City has done over the last two years, where after that Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers, they replaced all five of their offensive linemen, which never happens. He's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> we're cleaning the house. So um, the other point I made in, in the piece is that the enemy is also used to wholesale changes in an offense literally overnight and having them work. Trading Tyree Kill and bringing in, you know, Valdez Scantling and Nicole Harbin and guys like that who were, you know, they're, they're doing the money ball thing and sort of creating, yeah, right. creating Tyree Kill in the aggregate. Right. Um, and then the completely different offensive line when they moved from zone to a little more gap because those were the guys they had. Um, you know, so I, I think there, there are a lot of elements of the quick passing game with what the enemy has done. And I, when I say the enemy, I, I'm assuming that Andy Reid was like 80% in terms of the pass game and the enemy was 80% in terms of the run game. Right. But as we know in the NFL, those things have to work together. So when I say the enemy did this or the enemy did that, I, I don't I don't know. And and this is why apparently he has to go to a different team so he can be in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, but whether Andy Reid was in charge of X, Y, and Z or the enemy was, the enemy's in the room. I mean, you go back to the Super Bowl, those two touchdowns, uh, one to Sky Moore and the other one to Tony, uh, those motion things. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the enemy who was drawing that up. Hey, you know, the Jaguars got the Eagles on a touchdown like this with uh, Jamal Agnew in week four or six or whatever it was. Let's do this. And that was good. And the enemy was the one who was drawn up the players the night before the game. So yeah. however much someone else is in charge of this, it's all we're going to hear all off season. Yeah. Um, the enemy is, you know, does he call the plays? I don't know. Does you know? Is he the the guy always there? Well, yeah, he is. So, I'm as I said, it, it's shameful that he has to do this. But certainly, when you look at what the Commanders have and what they might get in the draft and the free agency, it's really intriguing. And I'm fascinated yeah. to see. Okay, you know, the enemy finally gets a chance to say, "All right, this is my offense. There's nobody up top. There's nobody, quote unquote, in the way. This is how I want to do it." Um, what he takes from Reed, what he has developed on his own, and kind of what new stuff he wants to pack in there. Yeah, man, we could be getting the best of both worlds here in Washington, but we do hope, Doug, that he brings some of that uh, fairy dust that existed in Kansas City. We're talking to Doug Farrar, uh, NFL writer for USA Today's Touchdown Wire. You can follow him on Twitter at NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Big frustration, Doug, that a lot of fans, including myself, uh, had last year about this Scott Turner offense is it felt like, there was a running offense, and then there was a passing offense. How is Eric Bieniemy right. going to help blend those two concepts uh, together more so where there isn't so many tendency breakers? The best way I would put it is this. Um, both of the teams in the Super Bowl are brilliant, and you, you know, your team has to face the Eagles twice a year right. so you know this. Um, the Eagles and the Chiefs are both brilliant at combining the run and the pass, and they do it in completely different ways. The Eagles like to – everything's pretty much stock before the snap, and then after the snap it's just a chaos. You have no idea what's going to happen. The Chiefs, what they do is they use so much motion and so much movement before the snap and so many different route concepts that you never really know, okay, is this a run, is this a pass, is Mahomes going to fake it? I mean, it, it could be as easily a, you know, a play action fake to the running back 
It could also be a fake screen and then a handoff or a, a pitch. So combining them in the past, um, I think it's what I've written about the Eagles this year. It's the illusion of simplicity. With the Chiefs, it's the illusion of complexity. Mm. Defenses are always on their heels. They don't know. I mean, the, the primary reason that the Eagles switched from their five-man to their four-man four fronts in the Super Bowl is they wanted to play coverage. They didn't want Mahomes to beat them. Well, okay, so the running game beat them. Pacheco had a great game. Mm-hmm. Mahomes had that long run in the fourth quarter that made all the difference. So, to me, combining the run in the pass game is refusing to show your hand to the defense. Now, I haven't studied the commander's offense in total like I studied uh, Philadelphia's and Kansas City and a few others because you don't really know, you know, Scott Turner is gone and you don't know what it's going to be. Um, you know, beyond a few, you know, just looking at Carson once and going, like, and Taylor Heineken going, okay, he's kind of interesting. And I'm a, I'm a Sam Hollow guy, so I studied a little bit. But anytime you have a run and a pass offense that are separate, you've got problems and you're limiting what your offense can do, whereas the best offensive teams now are exceptional at just, like I said, refusing to show your hand to the defense. You, you know, this formation is not a run formation. This formation isn't a pass formation. We can do anything out of any set, in any scheme, in any part of our playbook, and you just never know. I'm, I'm fairly sure that BNU will bring that to Washington. Yeah, that's the hope, man. And it kind of, I'm glad to hear you speak like this because – it was kind of frustrating, man, over the weekend to hear some of these former players that supposedly know so much about football. It's kind of where your knowledge gets exposed a little bit. Uh, the conversation surrounding Biennemi and how it's a travesty that he's not a head coach, like I, I'm completely bought into that. But the idea that coming to Washington is some type of going to hell move is ridiculous to me, and you've kind of alluded to it. They've got talent at the skill position groups. I think they're a free agency class and a draft class away from potentially this offense being one of the better offenses in the National Football League. Obviously, uh, the the play of Sam Howell obviously is dependent on that. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I don't have they hired a quarterback coach. They have not. So, so there was actually some news that came out. Kenny Zampezi is is the guy that's in house right now. Uh, but ESPN right. reporter for the team, John Kime, w- w- was saying that. Uh, The enemy has an idea of who he wants to bring in is that the former Stanford offensive coordinator, Tavita Pritchard. I don't know if you know that name. Uh, Not specifically, but the enemy has his own guy. He's got his reasons for that. And um, that's, you know, that's the important thing is that the the team is not forcing a guy on him. Right. Which means he has explicit control of, you know, I want this guy to do this. Um, And there are ways with Howell, Especially because he can, I think he had four. He had four run plays against the Cowboys that were each at least seven yards. So he can win as a runner. Yeah. He can get you a first down and maybe more. And that's than not a runner. slow Dallas defense either, Doug. What's that? I said that's not a slow Dallas Cowboys defense either, man. No, so. no, those guys are flying all over the place. So, um, yeah, how is how is sort of the X factor? But at least with how you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I think with Heineke, you knew what you were going to get. With Carson Wentz, you and I discussed it before. Who the heck knows? I mean, yeah. his biorhythms are off, and gosh, you just you just, just don't know. Never know. <laughs> and that's been his whole career. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's, again, I'll say it again, it's shameful that he has to do this. But yeah. um, I think 
think he's in a good position. And, I mean, in all the – in DVOA, the commanders were, you know, the bottom of the 20s and everything. So there's nowhere to go but up. I think the enemy will help. And then, as I've said, the NFL will be out of plausible excuses right. to not <laughs> make him a head coach. Which, so it's a, kind of a win-win for everybody. Yeah, you know how it works. They'll, who they'll... knows? Maybe he'll be the commander's next head coach. I, I have no idea. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? We'll talk about uh, Ron's job security later on I in would, the show. I would love to see a team that was owned by George Preston Marshall for so long to have a black head coach. <laughs> Wouldn't that, would, that, that would be, be delicious. Wouldn't that be that something? That would be Utterly delicious. Full circle season is what I like to call that, Doug. I appreciate you giving uh, me some time. <laughs> all right. Take care, man. That is Doug Farrar, one of the best film junkies in the National Football League. Always gets smarter talking ball uh, with Doug Farrar. Make sure you check out his work for USA Today's Touchdown Wire, uh, as well as follow him on the Twitter app as well, NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Plenty to take away from that. Eminem, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Because to me, it sounds like, and I already knew this because we've had Doug on before, Doug's a pretty big fan of what Sam Howell could potentially do in this commander's offense. Yeah, he's got me fired up to see what Sam Howell has with a full season. Yeah, I'm waiting for that as well, man. We know uh, the offseason is going to be important for Washington. they got to upgrade this offensive line via free agency in the draft. they got to get some more depth pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So it all seems like it's coming together right now for D.C. and bringing in Eric Bieniemy. hopefully – uh, is the glue that makes all this thing uh, stick together. We'll have Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch join us on uh, top of the 2 o'clock hour. When we come back, we'll switch gears here a little bit. Derek Carr visited the New York Jets, and they had what to say about him? We'll let you hear that next. Burgundy and Gold today, Team 980, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge, movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up for 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Prince of Passion, the Hoffman Show coming up at 3 o'clock. They'll help you get uh, on your drive home. Big thanks to Doug Farrar of USA Today's Touchdown Wire. He joined us uh, in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with Doug Farrar, make sure you use the Odyssey app and go back and use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back uh, to the 120 segment. Doug Farrar with plenty of good tidbits on Eric Bieniemy and what he could possibly bring to this Washington Commanders offense. We got some news on the Washington Commanders offensive coaching staff uh, coming in. This is VR friend Nikki Javala of the Washington Post, former quarterback and current Stanford assistant Tavita Pritchard. Him, along with Chiefs running backs coach Greg Lewis, are both visiting the Commanders today for possible roles on the offensive staff under new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. So this kind of speaks to the conversation and dialogue that we've had about Eric Bieniemy and why it made sense for him to come here to Washington. I know he's leaving Patrick Mahomes. I understand he's leaving Travis Kelsey. I understand he's leaving a team that's been to the Super Bowl and won two Super Bowls in his last five seasons. I get all that. I get all that. But the opportunity for Eric Bieniemy to have free reign and complete autonomy over what happens to Washington's offense next year, to me, was the straw that broke the Campbell's back, so to speak, right? For Eric Bieniemy, him coming here and having the authority to build this staff in his vision the way he wants it to, there was no dollar amount that would have kept him there. There was nothing you can say to me that would have kept him there. This opportunity for Eric Bieniemy, although... He doesn't need it to me to be a head coach. 
it's vital for him uh, because I think, look, as good of a coach as he is and as good as of a host as I am, we all have room to grow and develop in our professions, right? I mean, so if you're a enemy, the opportunity to go to D.C., pick your own staff, install your own offense, and call the shots, I don't think there's a dollar amount that really represents that. I think they'll be fine, and I'm looking at it as a beautiful opportunity uh, for EB to put his fingerprints uh, on this commander's offense. Uh, we'll take a look uh, at the Washington Commanders in a little bit more detail in about 15 minutes. Mike Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch is set to join us. He'll give us the latest on what's going on with the Burgundy and Gold, including uh, Eric Bieniemy bringing in people to potentially be on his staff. Right now, though, I want to take things out to the Big Apple. The New York Jets are a very, very interesting team heading into this offseason. Last year, they were able to bounce back and if it wasn't for injuries, you know, we probably see the New York Jets in the playoffs last year. The quarterback position, though, for the Jets is really, really what ended up holding this team back, right? Brees Hall, uh, before he gets hurt, was a front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, the wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, goes for 1,100 yards and ends up being the actual Offensive Player of the Year. Hell, even on defense, they get the Defensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, I wanted you to, to, to find this out for me. The last time that we've seen a team have the offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year on the same team. So that's a little little homework for super producer Eminem uh, real quick. That is that is very appealing to potential veteran quarterbacks out there. I know Aaron Rodgers has been linked to the New York Jets. Jimmy Garoppolo, because of his ties to Robert Sala, has been linked to the New York Jets. Derek Carr, though. Derek Carr is a very interesting candidate. For the Jets as well, uh, the former Pro Bowl quarterback uh, officially hit the open market last week after he was released by the team. And the question now remains, is where are we going to see Derek Carr play football next year? We know he can play. We know he's not all the way washed up. And we understand that if you're able to put Derek Carr in the right position, in the right system, in the right fit, then hell yeah, he's got some more meat left on the bone, so to speak, and he can help a team win. The New York Jets, though, they had him in their facility on Tuesday and put on the full-court press. Take a listen. Well, Derek Carr is certainly in the driver's seat here in the situation. You just mentioned some of the teams that are interested in him, and in terms of that visit with the New York Jets, I heard it went really well from both sides. And in terms of what New York was trying to sell him, because let's face it, that's what they're doing at this point. They were pretty clear with them. They, they told him, He's a great quarterback. They believe that he's got a legit surrounding cast of players. They went through the top D, the strong young skill guys, the explosive run game. They ran through top to bottom of why Derek Carr can step in here and take this team not just to the playoffs, but to the Super Bowl. And they made it really personal, too. They said, we believe if you come to New York and win, you could be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? So they went Full in on Derek Carr here to let him know they really <laughs> want him to play for the New York Jets. Yeah. That sounds fantastic, Teddy. I mean, <laughs> oh That's God. Diana Rossini yesterday on NFL Live talking to the fellas about, uh, you know, Derek Carr and his potential fit with the New York Jets. The big thing that has captured the attention of myself and other members of the media was that last part that Diana Rossini added saying that if Derek Carr comes to the New York Jets, he's got the opportunity. <laughs> what was the phrase they used, Eminem? 
a Hall of Fame quarterback, Derek Carr? First ballot. First ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, Derek Carr. So the fact that we're seeing the New York Jets speak about him in this manner just lets you know how serious they are in acquiring Derek Carr. And I laid it out for you here. There is an argument to be made that if the New York Jets get a competent answer at the quarterback position, not only will they be the front runner in the AFC East, there's an argument to be made they can be the greatest challenging competitor to the Kansas City Chiefs. But here's why, though. Defensively, top five group. Quentin Williams, top five at his position. Sauce Gardner quickly turning into one of the best corners of football. They've got edge rush. They've got everything you need to make a surefire top five defense. You add that in combination with the weapons that they have offensively, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, the tight end C.J. Yazama, once the offensive line gets healthy. There are pieces, there are pieces in New York to make that destination attractive for a veteran quarterback, especially because Derek Carr, since he's been in Oakland, Vegas with the Raiders, here are the numbers that the Raiders have had on defense since 2014, Derek Carr's first year. Here are the numbers that the Raiders have had on defense. Since 2014, the Raiders, 32nd in points per game allowed, 30th in yards per play allowed, 32nd in sacks, 32nd in interceptions, 31st in rushing touchdowns given up, 30th in rushing touchdowns given up, and 31st in fourth down percentage. So I say all that to say, is it crazy? The Diana Rossini's talking about Derek Carr, Hall of Famers, kind of a stretch, but to think that they would be Super Bowl contenders isn't isn't far off base, is it? At all. I don't think it is at all, actually. I did finally find that stat mm-hmm. of uh, Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. They're the third team to do it in NFL history. The first was uh, 1967 Detroit Lions. And then in 2017, which I guess we just forgot about it, 2017 Alvin Kamara for the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore, wow. 17, so only four or five years ago. That's interesting. Think about it. Oh, no, two different positions. Because what Wilson and Sauce, that's corner and wide receiver. Kamara's, okay. I was going to say it's even closer than we thought if they were both in the same position. But, no, that just kind of speaks to what GM Joe Douglas is building there, though, with the New York Jets. They've got it figured out. This is how you team build, ladies and gentlemen, right? They built up the defense. They swung and missed on a quarterback. But they're ready to go. There's a consensus around the National Football League. You insert a veteran quarterback, especially one of Derek Carr's ilk. And I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan, but Eminem, when I'm going through and looking at the numbers, how can I argue with some of this? Derek Carr's best season as a pro from a statistical standpoint, 2016, right? Selected to the Pro Bowl. Um, and I believe, was he all pro that year? No, just a pro bowler. One, his first of three Pro Bowls. He was playing at an MVP level that year, right? Only started 15 games. He gets hurt, ends up missing the playoff game due to the back injury. He got MVP votes, though, man. He got MVP votes, three of them. He got six Offensive Player of the Year votes. The numbers are gaudy. 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, a shade under 4,000 yards. He completed 64% of his passes. I don't want him here in Washington. Let me make that very, very clear. I can care less if he comes to D.C. 
But his fit with the Jets? I don't know. Derek Carr's got the goods. The numbers don't lie. 35,000 career passing yards. 217 touchdowns to 99 interceptions. That ain't bad. Not bad at all. Now, to say that it's Hall of Fame worthy, I would beg to differ, right? To say that Derek Carr is even sniffing the Hall of Fame, (laughs) I would beg to differ. But for me, the reason why isn't really because of the numbers. The numbers are great. They're skewed because it's a passing league, but they're great. To me, at the quarterback position, for you to be considered a Hall of Famer, you got to have some type of postseason success, right? And I think that's the argument that Diana Rossini is making and that the Jets are trying to get Derek Carr to understand. You come down here to the Big Apple, man. You play quarterback for Gang Green, man. You got the opportunity of a lifetime. Championships. Being in the same conversation is Joe Cool Namath, man. I need to turn that down. But when you talk about Derek Carr and what makes a Hall of Fame resume, you got to have stellar playoff performances. You got to have some Super Bowl chips uh, to your name. And I think if you add Derek Carr to the New York Jets, is it crazy to think that the Jets would be an instant Super Bowl contender? I would have to think so. I'm honestly terrified. That honestly, to me, clear-cut best fit. The other fit, and Eminem, let me know if you agree with this. The other fit for Derek Carr that I was thinking about is out in Tampa with the Bucks. So they've got receivers. They've got defense. If it's not the Jets, I'm thinking the Bucks. Yeah, I completely agree. If you weren't going to say the Bucks, I was going to say, yeah, Tampa Bay makes a lot of sense. Because look at the other teams that could potentially be in the market. Baltimore, if they move on from Lamar, maybe. Um, a lot of other places, just there aren't a lot of landing spots for them. Tennessee, if they eventually move on from, from Tannehill, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there are a ton of suitors out there for Derek Carr. But the couple of spots that do make sense really makes sense. The Saints as well. That was the team he initially visited. I can look at the Saints as being a possible good landing spot as well. Doug Farrar, excuse me, not Doug Farrar, Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch set to join us in about 7 to 10 minutes. Uh, before he does that, we'll take a couple of your calls here. I see you all on the line. Marks and Chevy Chase, anything you want to talk about here while we got a break? Hey, just real fast, uh, hoping they sell the team. Uh, real fast season review of Rivera past three years. Can't seem to win in December, so hopefully we learn how to do this this year. And then uh, briefly, with the XFL, I haven't been listening to sports talk. Um, it's a long offseason, but did anybody mention about how childish you would have to have been to have bet on week one of the XFL. Well, I don't, well childish, is, childish is a strong, strong, strong word. I'm I, sure I some folks I would just say you're a degenerate. Word, I don't know what word I would say, but gambling is an addiction. It's a problem. And we have no idea what these teams represented. Exactly, exactly. We did, how, were people actually betting on week one of the XFL? Eminem, did you get anything in? Yeah, yeah, Mark, I, I, I bet it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, as I said, I haven't been listening to Sports Talk Radio. Yep. <laughs> I bet on it, and I bet the over-under, 35-and-a-half. I was at the game, plus 130 money line. Cash those slips, baby. <laughs> we appreciate the call, man. Eminem, wow, this is the first person that has gone against you being a degenerate gambler. How does that make you feel? It's only a problem if you're losing. It's only a problem if you're losing. Sounds like a true winner. Little. I was in the city. What's going on, bro, man? 
What's going on, big fella? Bismillah, which means blessings to you and your family. Hey, yes, sir. You hey, too, look, my brother. Them, 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 them clowns that made them statements, they got paid to make them statements. And these days we living in, man, the high above sees, sees all the hell. Moving yeah. forward, I was just thinking about the connection, man. What it is is that all these interviews he had, uh, Lanier, I don't believe, they think, he, they think he's, he's a smart, smart dude, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He, they, he didn't get what he was wanting. He didn't get what he wanted. So finally he realized he can get what he wants. Moving forward, man, we got two tight ends that can throw the ball, man. Logan Thomas and the big fella, man. I'm a dude, man. I'm, I'm just Cole Turner. All yeah, little, I, I, little, I'll, I'll, I'll break this to you, man, little. Little, I'll, I'll break it to you like my this, head. my man. And don't, don't think, don't think uh, Logan Thomas will be on the roster when the season comes around. So we'll maybe, maybe him, not. But this, 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 one more thing, I know I'm gonna get off the phone. No, good, this good. man gonna be like a mix, gonna be like a mixologist. Eminem, thank you for taking my call, my man. Yes, sir. Eminem, my main apple scrapper. Hey, look, man, <laughs> moving forward, we're going to get there, trust me. Yeah, I appreciate hey, look, the call, man. My man said a statement about, about North Turner. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to tell you that. My mother used to say back in the day, you can be the smartest guy smartest guy in the classroom, but if you ain't got no common sense, you just like a fruitcake. <laughs> so, man, that's what I'm talking about. No, 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 I don't mean to come on. A lot of times, the nigga walk up the aisle. I think we was getting on him so hard on the field. He was on the field doing the game. You know, he moved up to the box. Yeah, man, people was walking up the aisles, throwing their hands up in there. Man, what the hell is you doing? Because he was gassing them. He was gassing between the guard and the center like Doc say. That's where you get your money. Then he'd try to go off tackle and lose seven yards. Man, I got tired. It was of that, tough. Man. It was tough. I hey, appreciate. Look, I appreciate the call a little. Uh, 301-230-0980 is the number. We got Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch uh, coming up here in a second. You can take this caller right here before we get to the break. I don't want to leave anybody left unattended. What's going on, buddy? No, a whole lot. Um, y'all talk about uh, the enemy and uh, and trades and free agents. Uh, you know, one of the things everybody's mentioned is uh, instead of getting rid of uh, your tackle and franchising him, you haven't thought about uh, Chase Young, who really compared to this this year's uh, first couple of picks, like Aiden Hutchinson and him. And yep. those guys have been fantastic. I haven't seen it from Chase, even though I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I appreciate the call. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch. He's set to join us with the latest from Ashburn. We got a couple new coaches coming to town to interview to be on Eric Bienemy's staff. We'll get the latest on the Burgundy and Gold next with Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.